Welcome to the Fitness Business University Podcast. This is Tom Langton. I have a very special episode for you today. It's a little, it's, this one's going to be a little bit different. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know over the last two years we've recorded over 70 episodes. That's over three days worth of content back to back if you've listened to them all. Um, we've shared tons of great information. Hopefully it's been helpful. You know, we love any feedback that we can get. And we've also been able to talk to some of the top gym owners from around the country. You know, great minds in the fitness industry. Uh, but what I wanted to do today was kind of do almost a greatest hits album. So I picked out my five big takeaways that I've gotten. And these are all from Vince. You know, we'll do another episode where we kind of dive into the, you know, the big takeaways from the special guests we've had on. We're going to have a bunch more guests. But today's really the five big takeaways and really the, you know, the five things, the biggest feedback we've gotten from listeners and other gym owners out there. And these are frequently asked questions that we get. You know, we're going to cover a broad range of topics in these five ones. But these are the actual clips from the shows. And Vince answering those questions. Um, let's dive right into it. So the first one is a question that I like to ask anybody who I'm trying to learn from. Um, and this is something that you guys can take and, and you should be asking people. If you're trying to learn from somebody, ask them what they're reading. So this first clip is when I asked Vince, you know, what is a great marketing book? Because he talks a ton about marketing. So, so where is he learning his marketing from? If he had to recommend one marketing book for gym owners or, you know, people looking to start a fitness business, what's that one book? that he would recommend. So here's Vince's answer. You know, this is like an interesting one. I really, really loved the book. Here's the thing. Anything from Dan Kennedy is is okay. just top notch. But there is a good book called, um, uh, I'm blanking on the name right now, is, uh, oh, Ready, Fire, Aim. Yep. Ready, Fire, Aim is an outstanding book on marketing. And I think that, there is one thing that you can read. And actually, one of my assignments when I would start coaching with people that were kind of getting new into the business um, was read the first chapter of Ready, Fire, Aim, and then close the book and put it down. Don't read the rest of the book. Just only read the first chapter because the first chapter says, and it hammers into your brain, when a business is starting out, the number one goal is to get to a critical mass of customers, and that is the number one focus. And it talks about how you shouldn't focus on getting the best business cards and getting the best logo and worry about your website and worry about your product being perfect. It talks about just get new clients. And I think that is one of the best pieces of information and business information that helped me as a, 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 when I was in a business, when I, as a business owner. But it is like I, I find myself saying that, you know, on a daily basis, that, hey, you are stage one. Do not focus on anything else except getting to that critical mass of customers, everything else. So I read that in Ready, Fire, Aim. I wouldn't say it's the best overall marketing book because honestly, after that, it gets to like, very, it talks about very, very large businesses, like $100 million. Um, but I would say in terms of marketing, you know, uh, you've got to understand and learn about direct response. And I would, I would go with the GKC Dan Kennedy's okay. all the way home. So if you're taking notes at home, the, the two books that Vince recommended, it was the first chapter in Ready, Fire, Aim, and also anything by Dan Kennedy, GKIC, his marketing materials are some of the best that you can find um, when it comes to small businesses in general. So if you know Vince, it's hard for him to give a straight answer. So that was really two books when I asked for one, and not even a book. Dan Kennedy, he's, he's got tons of information out there. But let's say on the topic of marketing for the next one, because you know, when we talk to gym owners and, and we have people in our mastermind, everyone wants to talk about marketing tactics and what are the best tactics and ways to generate leads. And in a podcast a few months back, 
eventually dove into before you really think about those real specific tactics, it's really important that you have a long-term plan. And most people don't think out long-term marketing. So this answer to me really, really hit home. Um, it's all about having a long-term plan. So let's get into it. The most important thing a business needs to do is sit down in March and, and think about what they're going to do to generate leads in April, May, and June. Now, part of this should have been done in an annual planning thing, and some things you know, won't change. But in reality, sometimes you know, things can happen. So we like to make sure we have a kind of established quarter-by-quarter quarter marketing plan or strategy. So we will sit down, you know, in March and say, okay, this is what's coming up in April, May, and June. These are the dates on the calendar where we could have events. These are the holidays in April, May, and June. These are, you know, the uh, community events that are going on. You know, who do we need to communicate with? Um, but in reality, the, the most important thing that needs to happen is you think about this before and we used to get caught up in oh we called it squirrel marketing right and squirrel marketing was basically oh we're low on leads let's do this or let's do that and we the black friday for us many many years ago we we do very well on black friday these days but many years ago it would it would be like wednesday and be like oh black friday's coming up we should do something and then we would just throw some crap against the wall and some, send out some crappy emails and put up some crappy Facebook posts. And it never worked very well. And now when we kind of sit down, on, I mean, no Black Friday is coming up. We can say we're planning that out months ahead of time of what we're going to do and what the offer is going to be and what the emails are going to say. And we're thinking about it and spending time creating good marketing and not rushing it and just throwing crap against the wall. So that that's kind of like the the plan is because, you know, when you pro and here's the thing, there are certain times, you know, where you kind of got to revert and and do something quickly and throw something together. There are times that that, that happens, but in the reality, if you really want to have control over your marketing, you need to sit down uh, beforehand, plan out what you're going to do and then, you know, go do it. So if you haven't heard those episodes, go back and check those out. You know, we have a bunch of episodes on, on marketing tactics and strategies of all different kinds. And if you know Vince, he loves to talk about marketing for your gym. He even wrote a book on, you know, ways to market your gym. So when he told me he wanted to do a podcast about the most important number that a fitness business can track, I was for sure thinking that it was going to be a marketing number. Um, it kind of is, but this third clip is where Vince kind of gives a brief introduction to what the most important number that you need to track within your fitness business is. So here it is. So the number we're talking about is the conversion of lead to show up to your door for a consultation. Okay. The moral of the reason why I tell the story is so many people stop. So many people get a lead, they contact the lead, the lead doesn't call them back and they just drop it and they say, oh, you know, have at it. So that's that. That sets the tone. The number of people that come in are, is going to be the the gatekeeper to the number of people that sign up. And if you're not improving the process to get people from the scheduled consultation to the actual first meeting, that is a step. That's one of the most important steps in the sales process that not many people track 
and not many people focus on and not many people role play, which we'll talk about today, to actually make it better. So that's just a short clip from a long episode where we dive into that most important number you're not tracking. So you can track a lot of numbers within your business, but that lead conversion, turning those marketing leads into trial memberships, go back and listen to that episode. There's a lot of detail in there. So let's move right along. A big issue that always comes up with gym owners is people problems. You know, train, having issues with trainers, finding the right people to work with your clients. So we did an entire episode co- called Three Hiring Mistakes That Most Gym Owners Make. And, and the reason we said mistakes is because the best way to get out in front of these problems is to hire the right kind of people. And so when we talk to gym owners, these three mistakes always pop up. So this clip is actually the third of three mistakes that most gym owners make. So here's Vince. Number three is not onboarding them properly. So when you make the hire, when you make the hire, what is the process that happens? And I feel like this is a, 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 um, a scenario where you can completely separate yourself from any other job that that person you just hired has ever had. Because most businesses, what do they do when they hire them? All right, yeah, go out and get them. Right? Versus if you have this system put in place where, hey, this week we are going to work on this and these are our core values and this is what we're about and this is our vision and this is where we're going and this week we're going to focus on this and next week we're going to focus on this and you're going to have dedicated time with me. You know, when I hired you the first time, you know, we spent hours and hours a day together, yeah. you know, to, for, for me to teach you what, you know, I knew. Right. So that's the, and, and, and people will decide there is a stat. I'm going to butcher the stat. And I don't know the stats like exactly. So I'm not I'm going to kind of, you know, just tread carefully with, with it. But there was a Harvard study that was done that said people make this uh, the decision on if they want to continue to work at this place within the first 90 days that they're there. Right. So it's and again, it could be 30 days. 90, I'm not sure what it was. It's in the beginning. People are looking at, hey, how does that process go in the beginning? And they're looking at this, you're essentially, a lot of times, here's, here's an important point. A lot of times, gyms think that, you know, that trainer, it's a privilege for them to work there, right? And that, that, that the trainer needs to sell themselves and they go through the, the interview process and impress the person for the job. But the, at the end of the day, like, it's your job to impress the trainer too, to make them want to continue to work there and continue to stay. So it's not just their job to impress you, the employer. It's your job to reinforce that this is a great place to work. This is a a place that's doing work that matters. And this is a place that you're going to want to be for a long time and be completely dedicated to where we're going and what we're doing. Let me me play devil's advocate because a lot of people are thinking this as they're listening to this. You're going to train someone and teach them all these skills. You're going to teach them how to relate to people, how to build relationships. You're going to find a really personable person. Then you're going to teach them all the training stuff. So basically, you're equipping this person with everything they need. And then go start your own business right down the road. And we hear it all the time. It's like, why am I going to spend all this time with someone who you just said this is a business with a lot of turnover? Right. So that I'm going to spend two years getting this person onboarding. And two years later, you're going to dip out, take all my clients, and open up the gym down the road. So there's a great quote, Tom, by John Maxwell. Okay. leadership guru and he says you can uh, take the uh, I'm paraphrasing here he says you can take the risk 
and you can train people to become really, really great. And they may leave with a free education, right? Or they stay and remain dumb. Yeah. So if you don't do it, you're going to hurt your business. Exactly. Right. Like, so what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just, that's like called like playing from your heels, right? So all of a sudden, because you're afraid that they may leave, you're not going to make them great. That is something we hear all the time, though. We hear people say it. It's like, I don't want to spend too much time. And, and, I don't and, know if he's and, into and it. I don't know if And it's not a winning mindset. It's not a winning mindset. If you want to win in this game, you need good people. And if you want good people, you got to train them. So you, you can kind of play this game from your heels all day long. But the reality is it, it, it's your job to put a quality product out on the floor. And if, if you don't want to be out on that floor forever – you best be getting in there and working with your team and trying to make them better. So if you're having trouble building a great team or you want to make that first hire, or you have a lot of people issues, go back and listen to that three hiring mistakes podcast. It's a great episode. We go in depth on the three big mistakes um, and, and kind of help you build out your hiring system and your onboarding system once you do make that hire. And the last clip of my big five takeaways I'll share with you is, is not just about developing your team, but about self-development. And if you know Vince, he's big on personal development. So this is an episode we did where he broke down one of his favorite books called The Four Agreements. And he broke down each agreement and kind of relayed them back to yourself and being a fitness business owner. So this is one of the agreements, and it's about taking things personally. So here it is. So number two is don't take anything personally. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and again, no one said that these agreements were easy. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I and, and like I said before, I'm not teaching this because I am a perfect citizen in these. I am many times not impeccable with my word. And I many times will take things personally still today. It's something I'm constantly working on. So I am not like coming to you guys today saying I live these four agreements and I'm perfect with these four agreements every day. It's just not. It's really more about the awareness. But I, but, but I know, but I know that I am a happier person when I don't care what other people think. But that's right? not. But that's not easy. It's so not so. easy at all. So a quote someone gave me recently: What people think about you. Is none of your business. That's good. What people think about you is none of your business. And that's kind of like not taking it personally. And and there's gonna be times, especially you know, when you're kind of in the public eye. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, there's there's times where I will see like a client out in the community and it'll be like um someone that maybe was a client that was not a client anymore. And you can kind of tell that they saw me and they like kind of duck and cover, right? They don't want to make eye contact with me or anything like that. They kind of like, they're avoiding the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I was like, I was just ready to say hi and hello. And I could like take it personally. I'm just like, Oh, do they not like me? Did I do something to offend them? And, you know, most of the time I realize it's probably not anything to do with, with me. Right. It's most of the time has to do with, with, with them. And, you know, like th- taking things like clients leaving, like a lot of gym owners will 
take that really personally. Like even we had a we had a vendor that we were working with in our community, and we we after two years fulfilled the contract. We didn't feel like we were getting value from the service, so we stopped it. And this person went like off on me, off on me to the point where like sent an email to someone else, and it got to me by accident. And it was like telling telling like saying things like how they're going to try and make us go out of business. It's like it's like crazy stuff. Like, hey man, I just I fulfilled my agreement. It's nothing personal. It's just you know going a different direction. And it, it was just like that. It was like a very volatile you know type of way to react. And she she this person took it very personally that I was no longer doing business with them. And took it so far to the point, well, now I will definitely never do business with them. And the one thing we've learned, right? We've learned that most people will come back, right? Because most people that leave your gym, they didn't leave because you were, you know, tormenting them. They didn't leave because you smell. They didn't leave because you stink at training. They left because life got in the way. And when you, and we did a whole podcast on this is getting them back in, right? Remember that? That was, that was yeah. a fun podcast. But it's it, it's all about how you react, right? And if you if you take it personally, then it's going to end like it end with this person that I just talked about. If you don't take it personally and you look at it as what can I learn from this, now you're opening the door for them to come back. And I tell you, there's a large percentage of our clients that leave that will come back. Right. A large percentage. I think a big one in fitness is not only when a client leaves, but then when they go to a different gym. Yeah. I think that's like a lot of people. I mean, and we've done it too. Where we heard this person or we've seen pictures on, on social media of this person now training at the gym up the street or a different gym. And there's plenty of good gyms in our area. And it's not just us, right? But it's hard not to say like they like them better than us now. It's, a bit, it's, it's hard not to take that person. That's a big one we hear about. Yeah. Is clients leaving and going to other places. Yeah, and, and even things like not signing up for a membership, like your salespeople, like like do you take it personally when someone doesn't sign up? And that's like yeah, you know, Dan Pink talks about the ABCs of selling. It's attunement, buoyancy, and clarity. And your ability to be buoyant in the face of rejection is all you know how you're gonna become better at sales. Can I play Dell's out? Yeah. Here? Okay, so you say that if a client doesn't sign up. Let's not take it personally. Isn't that like a little almost too lovey-dovey? Like, oh, it's just on them. It's not on us. At, at what point do you have to analyze yourself or your business and almost take it personally? Like, is it our fault? Is that is that part of this now? Do, do you know what I mean? Like, yep. is there some aspect of that? Yep, absolutely. And that's why we have actually a form that we fill out. And right after, if a client does not close, we have a form that we fill out. Um, that If someone emails me, uh, Vince at Gabriel Fitness, I'll send them the form. We make it usually only exclusive to SPF, but if you're listening to this and you want the form, I'll send it to you. Um, but the form is a list of questions of, you know, what happened during the process, um, like where they in our target market, um, what was the lead source they came in, all things like that. And that's how we would learn uh, from that. So now it's more of, all right, yeah, you can't take it personally, but you just got to analyze what happened and then and then learn from it. But it's hard. It's not an easy thing, especially for younger salespeople, you know, that are like, you know, they want to close everybody. And the reality is it's like baseball. You know, you, you can fail seven out of ten times and still be a Hall of Famer. Same thing with sales. It's like you're not going to close everybody. You know, you're going to – you should – there's a certain percentage. And if you close everybody, you just got to make your prices a little higher. So that was one of four. So if you want to listen to the rest of the three, go back and check out that episode called Four Ways to Be Happier, where we break down those four agreements from from, uh, one of Vince's favorite books.
But those are my big five takeaways from the past 70 episodes. I want to know yours. What episodes of this podcast have you found the most beneficial? What have helped you build your team, build your plan, improve your business overall? I want your feedback. So drop me an email, tom at gabrielfitness.com. We want to make this podcast as helpful as possible for you. We also appreciate hitting subscribe and leaving us a review on iTunes. It definitely helps us out. So thanks for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. Have a great day.